Hey gang, you're listening to Vicious Cycle. <laughs> it's the comedy podcast about periods. We're revoking your <laughs> intro privileges. I nail it every time. You know me from my intros. It's me, Meg Trowbridge. <laughs> and I'm a very disappointed Kate wow. Austin. Wow. You know me from my <laughs> intros? That's what I'm known for. <laughs> Going, hey, gang. Hey. <laughs> this is Meg Hayes. And something that you guys don't know is we sing the intro song before we start just yeah. to get ourselves rubbed up. And Meg just did. And I could see... Your gullet like, <laughs> quivering. It was, <laughs> I mean, maybe that's what minoring in voice like does for you. Oh man, it was unlike anything I've ever seen. <laughs> maybe we'll insert. I can insert oh, it. Wow, so the listeners can hear it. Anyways, um, hey. We got an exciting episode for you. We sure do. We really do. Uh, we gave you a little primer last week <laughs> that we were going to talk to a Gen Zer. Oh my god! Someone who ha- lives with MRKH syndrome. We're going to get into what that is. Their name is Riddhi Patel. They are charming. They are engaging. They are our new friend. Yeah, they and, are cooler than us. Oh, way cooler. Riddhi's the bomb. Uh, which. Uh, as a millennial that feels out, really dated now <laughs> to say the bomb <laughs> um god oh my god I just saw a tiktok um that's enough no great I, I, I just saw a tiktok where someone <laughs> did was you ex- see it on instagram as a real <laughs> no, no, no I did see it on tiktok um a someone wrote an article about like how millennials are totally outing themselves on tiktok which is like by the way just oh, like, look yeah. at our faces we yeah. look older right. yes, <laughs> but like but there's like certain things that millennials do on tiktok that gen zers don't do which is like pause before after they hit the record button and like oh. change their voice in a way that's like because like we grew up with the internet we adapted to the internet in a different way than gen yeah. z did mm. so it's like so people are like the millennial um like like habits are out are outdated now. Yeah, so it's so fascinating. Weird. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it terrifies me. Anywho, also, Riddhi's really cool. Um, yeah, a natural in front of a microphone. Yeah, just, just like we are. Yeah. Remember how I introed this episode? Yeah, <laughs> we're so natural. Um, we interviewed Riddhi in January of this year. Right. It was a long, long time ago. Um. But just a lot happened. So we're finally playing this now. Um, uh, I did catch up with Riddhi. They do not still have a uterus. <laughs> or I did describe. Nothing has changed in their situation. Um, before we go on, I would love to play this amazing phone call we got. Um, as listeners know, we've been asking y'all to call our hotline and shout your abortion. And we've already yes. played an episode and it was fantastic. We got another one. That is so amazing, and it's from someone who had an abortion before Roe v. Wade mm. was the law of the land. And this is our dear friend Elaine's mom, Laurel. Let's hear it. In 1970, I was 17, and I decided I was ready to have sex with my boyfriend, but I didn't know anything about birth control. I hadn't had sex before. Um, I didn't know what to do, so I tried to find a Planned Parenthood, and I did find one, I thought. But I never made it past the waiting room because uh, there were some women there, and I asked them if you could get uh, pregnant without penetration, and they just laughed, and I left because I was too embarrassed. And later, 
I was seeing a psychiatrist at the time for depression and anxiety, and so I confided in him that I wanted to have uh, sex with my boyfriend for the first time. He tried to get my mother to talk to me about birth control, but all she could do was cry and say sex isn't a bad thing. She was very Methodist. In frustration, because he couldn't prescribe birth control without my parents' consent, he told one, he told me that if worse came to worse, I could shake up a warm bottle and insert a warm bottle of 7-Up and insert it into my vagina. Um, unfortunately, it, it, what it happened, I, my first experience was sex, and I did get pregnant. Um, my parents had moved um, to another city during this time, so I wasn't, I didn't have any of my friends around, and um, the boyfriend, he was not to be found. And so when I felt like I maybe um, might be pregnant, I found uh, another Planned Parenthood, a, a real one this time, that was near nearby. Um, I made an appointment and found out that I indeed had two STDs and was pregnant from that one experience. Um, uh, actually, it was kind of interesting. The doctor was... He was looking up me, and he got all the other doctors and interns and nurses that were there, and they all looked in and said it was the worst case of everything that they'd ever seen. And I was just humiliated, but it was what it was. So I told them that I couldn't um, have the, the baby. I was, I just, it was too young. I couldn't even tell my parents about any of this. So they made me an appointment for an abortion, and gave me the address of when to come and told me that I would need to bring the $350 um, that it cost, which was at that time an enormous sum. Uh, anyway, I didn't have the money and had no way to find the money um, that I could think of until I, I did have one person I could trust was my oldest sister, and she said she would help me, but it still wasn't enough, and I did have some friends that I had confided in at my new high school, and they helped me at one point scrounging for bottles and cans to come up with a deposit, um, which I finally was able to. I didn't want to wait two weeks. They told me that I could come back in two weeks with the money, but I said, no, no, I have to get this done now, and I just did. I just had to. I couldn't wait another day. So um got the money, and I arrived at the address which was in a warehouse in a business section of the city. Um, from the outside, it looked like any blank um, anonymous warehouse, but the inside had been transformed into a sort of field hospital with an operating room and an area for recovery separated by partitions. I was given an IV, and I was beginning to lose consciousness from the anesthesia when the doctor came to speak to me into my ear, and he basically said, you're going to be fine, you're in good hands, um, but you need to make a promise to me. You, you, you need to promise you'll never, ever have unprotected sex again. And I, I made the promise. Um, the next day, my parents um, said, where were you yesterday? School called, and I'd never, I've cut school, I had cut school many times, never got caught, but this time I was, and I told them, first thing that, that, I came, that came to my mind was, I told them I was helping a friend who had an abortion. I thought that this would be okay because my family could tolerate other people's choices, but just not our own family. Later that same morning, 
she called me into the kitchen where they were having, my dad and her were having breakfast and reading the newspaper. She said, is this where you, where your friend went? My mother read to me about it in an article about a Planned Parenthood abortion clinic and a doctor who had been arrested and the abortion had, clinic had been raided. Um, going into the living room where my grandmother sat who was visiting, I was crying visibly and she said, it was you, wasn't it, Laurie? It was you. And I, 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 I confessed and she told my mother the truth that it was not her friend. It was, it was Laurie. My mother literally ran out of the house crying and she didn't come back for hours, um, when she found out. She, but she did when she came back told me we can never, ever, ever tell my dad. As far as I know, he he never found out, um, although I don't see how that's possible since everyone in my family knew about Laurel's terrible thing, which all my life, there was always Laurel's ter- terrible thing hanging over me. <clears throat> um, according to the newspaper article, the doctor who performed an abortion was well-respected and known for his belief in women's rights. Um, I never had any problems with the doc um, because of the doctor really was was a great one, and he was arrested and lost his credentials for me and all the women that he helped. Uh, I didn't have any complications from the abortion. The doctor was in, was really good. I was, went on to have children. But I know people, women my age who had had to go to Tijuana for abortions and never were able to have children. I was, wasn't able to receive any aftercare counseling so I was humiliated when months later after the abortion I began I began to lactate when after, when at a friend's house. He had no idea what was going on, but his mother helped tried to help me, but I just ran out of the house ashamed and spent pretty much without anyone to talk to about the ordeal. I, I didn't tell anyone. I became very depressed and began acting out drugs, alcohol and, and protected sex. I don't remember if I even confided into my from my friends from my younger days. I think not. I did tell my new friends who I met as a freshman in college, including Greg, Elaine, and Shaughnessy's dad, who, um, and there I slowly began to heal. I don't know if we ever really healed from all of that. Um, in answer to some of the questions, how do I feel now? Outrage. What would, what would my life have been like? Probably I wouldn't, it would be nothing, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have my Elaine and Shaughnessy, and and I've had a pretty, very wonderful life. Um, have I told other people? I've told you that I didn't tell many people. Um, and I, I didn't tell anyone who didn't share my belief in abortions, that's for sure. What to tell women today? At this time, fight for our rights. Don't lose hope and never, ever stop fighting and things will change back. They will. Um, this is just ridiculously terrible for us. We, we can't stay silent. We have to, we have to fight. And thank you ladies for doing what you're doing. And thanks for listening to my story. <clears throat> thank you for calling in, Laurel. We love you and we love your daughter. Yeah. <sighs> There's a lot to unpack there. Wow. Um, I think it's really important that we hear these stories from before Roe v. Wade because like, what if that doctor hadn't been good? Yeah. And also, like, why are the good ones the ones that get fucking right. arrested? Yeah. I wonder what happened to him. I know. God, I mean, and just, like, the, what, like, she had to bear, you know, the, 
her parents' reaction, you know, the fact that it took years to like confide in someone and start to like heal and feel like accepted. Like, oh, and I mean, and the fact that that still happens today, you know? Yeah. I mean, the fact that she had a, this kind of scarlet letter in her family mm. for having an abortion. <clears throat> but we all know if she had a child as a teenager, it would have been exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, exactly. And that So there's that, really no right answer in the eyes of certain people. Yeah. And that dude that gave her the two STDs is <laughs> off. Hopefully dead. Yeah. Face down in a gutter. <laughs> for all these years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, thank man. you so much for sharing that. Was a yeah. really incredible story. Yeah. Probably one of the most incredible we've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, shaking up bottle of 7-Up. What the fuck? The fuck? So was that, that was like the. Her therapist. That was a therapist saying to do that as after like, unprotected se- pregnancy. Uh, that's. That's absurd. Also, would tickle. <laughs> <laughs> also, a little curious. <laughs> Kate's like, so we got it at a, a UTI. Let me go, that reminds me to bring out those <laughs> bottles of Sprite. Yeah, chug, chug. Oh, man. Oh, wow. so fucking bananas. Um, I'm so sorry that all happened to you. And yeah. I, I really appreciate you calling. Yeah, we hug you. We hug you, and if, you know, this is still everyone, shout your abortion if you want. We're here for you. Yeah. So let's get to Rithy. Rithy, 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 Rithy. Listeners, we are so delighted to have Rithy Patel on Vicious Cycle. Rithy lives in Bakersfield, California, where they are the communications director for the Center on Race, Poverty, and the Environment. Rithy was born with MRKH syndrome, which means they were born with an under underdeveloped internal reproductive system. People with MRKH have normal ovaries, but an underdeveloped vagina, cervix, and or uterus, and the uterus may be absent or super small. And MRKH stands for uh, Meyer-Rokitansky-Kuster-Hauser syndrome, which is named after the people that discovered it. But by the end of this episode, I would like us to come up with a better acronym that's easier to remember. So that's everyone's job here. Um, and this syndrome affects about one in 5,000 people. Rithi, thank you so much for coming on the show and helping us understand this. Yeah, of course. I definitely I definitely know other people with MRKH, and I know everyone's on a varying spectrum of like comfortability around talking about it. I am definitely on one side of the spectrum where I don't care. I will talk about it at like a bar. Like when I <laughs> Really, like you saddle up next to someone and you're like, so, so, like, especially about my womb, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, because am I allowed to like say anything? Oh, yeah, like, literally, oh, yeah. whatever you literally. feel comfortable, literally, yes. So, like, before when we, you know, before the pandemic, when we're out of bars and stuff, like, and I'd joke to my friends or something, you know, they'd be like, oh, shoot, like, I forgot my birth control or something. And my friends know I'd have MRKH and stuff. And I would be like, see, when you're, when you DIY your own pussy, you don't have to, <laughs> you know. So, and then, like, if we're out at a bar and somebody, like, next to oh the table, God. we're like, what did they just say? <laughs> and I'm like, well, would you like to know about this? I can tell you. Oh, oh my God. Okay, DIY your own pussy. We'll get to that. Name of the episode? We, 
We yeah, need name that. the episode. We need a shirt that says <laughs> DIY your own pussy. <laughs> that killed me, dude. Okay. Oh my god. I you you need to make a zine and the title of the zine is <laughs> DIY your own pussy. And it could actually be like a cool how-to. Yeah. But I'm also with a very catchy title. <laughs> Man, okay, you are made for this show. Okay, so Rizzy, oh my god, tell us, um, first of all, like, what is, what are your reproductive organs like inside, and how did you find out that you had MRKH? So, so basically, um, well, I had, I was like a runner in high school, and so I ran a lot, and um, before I was going to college. Um, I, my mother was like, oh, you still haven't had your period yet. You should probably, you know, ask an OB-GYN about this. So like, are, you were around 17? Yeah, I was 17 when I graduated because I have a late birthday. And so we went, I think it was like sometime during my senior year of high school. And I went, you know, and the OB-GYN, like, you know, like my legs were open. Like they clearly had a full view and they were just like, oh, it's probably just because you run. And like you probably just like you know just haven't had your period, and I was like, um, what? Yeah, and I was like, I mean, okay, I'll trust like I'll trust the doctor, and then like you know I had never like I was I had my like first kiss at like sixteen, so like I wasn't you know out eighteen. And out. Please don't don't even worry about it. This is you uh, got some late bloomers on the show. I fully believe because it was ro- I romanticized everything. I was like, any first has to be this like magical moment. Now I'm like, no, yeah. it's a lie. Like. <laughs> 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 I don't know why I believe that. I watched too many Bollywood movies. Like, <laughs> but so then, whatever, I went to college, freshman year, like, and I would be like something I'd like brag about, be like, eh, like, I don't have to get my period. I like, don't worry about that. Like, sucks for you guys. Like, and, um, so it'd be something because I ran in college too. And so it'd be something like we would all joke about. And then after freshman year, I came back and they were like, oh, weird. You still haven't had your period. Like, let's do some, you know, ultrasound, MRI, et cetera. And they were like, and they're like, okay, well, everything looks normal. You know, when wait, you wait, come- wait, they did. What, what, what did they said? Everything looks normal after like looking at. Ultrasound? Yeah. 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 What? Yeah. what? Okay. I, I oh, like people. don't know who was doing the imaging, you know? And, um, <laughs> was it like us? Was it like yeah. people like us that are like, we are. <laughs> experts that looks like a student volunteers (laughs) (laughs) i'm here on work study uh i don't really know how this machine works (laughs) i literally like like now looking back i'm like yeah that was so weird but you know i was you know 18 or whatever at the time whatever age i was at after freshman year of college and i was like you know what yeah of course like i'm gonna trust you know like okay everything's normal whatever i'm just waiting and they were still like there's this thing called the female triad so they're like oh you're running a lot you're anemic like it's probably just that and so i was like okay um were then, you like worried around this point were you like no it's probably like I should have been which I was like but I was just like oh I don't have to get my period like that sounds nice like okay whatever I'll figure it out and then um winter break my sophomore year I come back and they had they were like okay let's do a karyotype um, an endocrinologist, like, let's go to some other people. And they were also like, okay, everything's normal. So then they were like, 
uh, let's do a vaginal ultrasound um, because they had just done, you know, a normal ultrasound. And so um, I was like, okay. And so then to someone who has never had sex before, I'm like, okay, this is a giant rod that's going in. Oh my God. And I had no idea what a vaginal ultrasound was. They just like led me into a room and were like, by the way, this is what's happening now. And I was like, oh my God, okay. Like Did they this. lube it up and stuff? And like, yeah, and I was like, okay, so that's traumatizing. I was oh. like, is this how I lose my virginity? Like, Jesus. Like, I know it's like whatever. Like, my this abolition. didn't happen in my Bollywood movie. <laughs> yeah, this, this is how it works. And I was like, okay, whatever. I guess this is how it's happening. And then they like, um, like, you know, like, like pushed it in like put a little pressure on my knees immediately buckled and i was like that Whoa. doesn't feel great and um they were like oh have you ever had sex before and i was like no i've never had sex before and they were like oh okay it's probably just because of that and I was they like, thought like your hymen or something yeah so then they were like because i was only there because i went to college i'm from california and I had went to college in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'd only ca- I only came home like twice a year, maybe once a year, because flights were so expensive. And so and then they were like, can you come back? Because I had a job the next summer, and they were like, can you come back right after um, a spring semester before your job starts? And um, we'll do a hymenectomy, and we'll put you under because you just have never had sex before. And I was like, okay. And at this point, I'm still like, okay, like, trust the doctor, everything's fine. <laughs> And then I go to the doctor, you know, come back after my sophomore year of college now. And, um, I, you know, they put me under. I go in to do this hymenectomy and I wake up and I'm still slightly out of it. And basically I had to go to Santa Monica because God knows there's like not great, like reproductive health in Kern County. And so um, I they were just like, OK, you know, vaginal ultrasound is usually a very simple procedure or an outpatient procedure. And they're like, OK, we're going to have to have you stay, you know, a night here in Sacramento, not Sacramento, Santa Monica, and come back tomorrow morning. And I was like, what? okay, and I was still slightly out of it. And they were just like, yeah, by the way, there's a lot of gauze, and you're wrapped up underneath. And I'll, and they were just like, just, it might be painful peeing, but we'll, you'll find out more tomorrow morning. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, this is weird. And so, you know, I was still slightly out of it because I, I never had surgery before. I never had like anesthesia. And then, um, I, you know, go like whatever we find a random hotel to stay. And my mother was with me and then we come back the next morning and she's like, okay, would you like me to talk to you first or like pull out your like gauze and stuff? And I was like, <laughs> I guess like the gauze. So she takes me into the room and like, like, she was like, so this might be uncomfortable. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and she just like pulls out the like gauze and there's like blood all over the table when I got up. And I was like, well, this doesn't feel great. Oh and I was like, okay, so they thought that they were getting rid of your hymen. Yeah, they thought like, oh, it was just a hymen. And not, I did not have a vagina. <laughs> oh, so there was no, there, my you have God. no opening at all no so like so like i can i can talk a little bit about that but like how it looks like so which is why this story is so weird basically so she had pulled out the gauze i'm uncomfortable she takes me into the room with my mother and she basically 
like anatomically like anatomically describes me and she goes you have partial vaginal agenesis and I was like okay I don't know what that means and um like it um, sounds like a band yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like headed by I Phil can, Collins literally and I was like you put the words together but whatever and she described it to me you know she had the models and stuff but like I don't like I'm someone who does not deal with information well you know I was laughing it off and stuff like I joked to my mother because there was this one boy I had kissed in like high school and she'd always like been convinced we had had sex and I like told my mother I was like see like you have to <laughs> impossible now and then I joked like I joked was like see at least now I can't get knocked up like I was just like making jokes <laughs> and stuff and then so whatever she like describes this to me and I had to go back to St. Louis the next like week or something so she had just given me like you have to take the sits bath like and like whatever and just take care of it and then we'll see you when you come back during winter break and then like this doctor totally ghosted me like <laughs> never never like try like ghosted me I tried to make appointments follow appointments like never just never heard back wow. and then and then yeah and then I was just like so traumatized and I was like going through my whole internal crisis because now learning now knowing what MRK is and they're like oh counseling is definitely recommended therapy etc whatever you know I was just like I'm just gonna avoid this conversation like for the rest of my (laughs) life and then finally like a year after college um I was like I should probably figure out what this was and I was working at Washington University in St. Louis and I had googled like you know OB-GYN specialist and stuff and I saw someone that like specialized in vaginal agenesis and whatnot and I went to her and she looked at all my paperwork from like UCLA Medical Center and stuff and she was just like aghast she was like oh they did not treat this how it was supposed to be treated this is all bad and at this point I'm like 22 because it was after I graduated college it was a year after and so it was, I was like 22 and she finally told me, you have MRKH, this is what it is, like whatever, this is if you want to have sex, these are like, you know, some examples, whatever. But so this okay. doctor could look at the same stuff the other doctors looked at and said, oh, I can clearly see you have MRKH. Yeah, she had not even examined me, like at all. Uh, And and the other doctor just like left the country (laughs) to avoid ever (laughs) talking to you again. I was like, I could maybe stand being ghosted by like, you know, relationship flings and stuff. But like, your doctor, (laughs) you don't expect to ghost you. It's only one person you don't expect. Hold on, there is a there is a Thirty Rock joke, and I feel like it's appropriate (laughs) right now, where where Liz Lemon is like. How, you know, Jack Donahue goes, how was your holiday, Liz? And she goes, get this. My gynecologist killed himself. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is the realm we're working with right now. Also, like, I don't like Kate and Meg. Maybe you know this, but like UCLA Medical Center is like very top notch, like extremely high, high levels of of care, like. People go out of their way to go there. Yeah, I see, that's what I saw. So crazy. Yeah. Wow. No, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm Zissy. I have a lot of family members who are doctors and whatnot. And they were like, okay, you're definitely not going to get 
like, you know, you have to go to UCLA. They'll definitely like treat you well. Da, da, da. So yeah, this is not what we were expecting. Yeah. And no. then, um, <clears throat> but so yeah, so then it was fun. And then I can go into like, I can describe in like, so like what my MRK is. Because yeah, because I know, okay, there are so many things to talk about in this. And I'm like, first, so sorry that this happened I in the way it did. I can't believe you were this story. so failed by the medical system. Because like already, <sighs> this feels like a really, it, for some people would be a really tough diagnosis. And we can talk about what it means for you to, to have this. But like, then to have it be such a traumatic realization and procedure. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, we have heard our fair share of stories and yours takes the cake i can talk a little bit about what my reproductive system looks like so from like my internal organs i have my ovaries my uterus my cervix and then the opening of my vaginal canal and then right like kind of like halfway through my halfway through my vaginal canal like just stops it's like if you were on like a video game and like minecraft or skyrim and you were like building stuff and you just like stopped halfway to save the game like that's what they did like that's what they did and then like if you're looking like straight on which i still don't understand how like other ob guides run like this does not look like everyone i've seen yeah so like you have your like labia majora labia minora your 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 clitoris your urethra your opening like and then where your opening of your vaginal canal would be it's like a little like dimple so it's just like (gasps) like if i was looking if you were looking like this way and it's like you know, like it'd be a canal. It's like more like just like a little like dimple. Like Whoa. Um, and okay. so interesting. So you do have your cervix and your uterus. Yes, I do. And so I produce eggs and whatnot. Um, so then, yeah, when so fat. So going back to like in St. Louis, because I was like, I want to have sex. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, actually, I was talking to someone who has MRK. I'll talk about this later. But um. They so basically they just like um it's called like dilators it's like basically mini dildos and like mm. it's like tiny dildos and it's like you know how people like have like ear gauges and they go up it's basically you start with mini dildos and you work like your way up like that's literally mm. what it is you're it's basically like, like making a vagina a vaginal canal. So, some or so, yeah, yeah vagina. so some yeah. yeah some people choose to do that have you done that so I have but then quickly realized that. Like, if you are having sex with someone and they have no idea what to do with, like, a clitoris, like, it is completely unnecessary. Like, I'm, like, <laughs> like this penetration is only for, like, my sexual partner if, like, they want it. But, like, this is doing nothing for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's doing nothing. And so my um, – one of my friends – actually, here in Bakersfield, I found out does have MRK and – um we like talked about it and we're like yeah it does nothing like it does nothing (laughs) so we're just like if you have gotta know about that other spot partners yeah so like i'm like and like dilating like if you're not like regularly having sex with someone it takes like six to eight weeks you have to like like i'd want i put on an episode of the office and just like sit with it like in me like i I, like (laughs) so okay wow you're throwing so much at us and i just need to like I need to catch it all and so, take it in. Like, is this, 
because so it's like you all you you have almost everything is there for this kind of mrkh like is there a way they can connect like the cervix to like a diy vagina <laughs> <laughs> um i have always i thought about that and then um i think there was like one case study where they did it in it was either i think it was in the eastern european country but i can't remember and they died so i was like you know <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so i've been trying that and i was like not you know, funny but know. your delivery of that fact <laughs> was so surprising and delightful <laughs> they died they died and I'm just like, you know, I was looking because, you know, I was like pretty mad back then. And I was like, you know, just looking through pub medical. I was like, you know, wondering that same question. And I was like, oh, death. You know, maybe I don't want kids. Maybe I, maybe I'm chilling. Maybe I'm fine. And they died. I have a lot of questions. The first is, uh, do we know what causes MRKH? So there's, like, I have not seen a good PubMed paper on it. They seem like it's really, like, it's like an anomaly because it's like a 0.02% chance you're going to run into someone with it. And you have a friend in the same town that has it. That's so cool. (laughs) That was crazy. That's crazy. And then my also one of my best friends from St. Louis, actually, his sister has it. So it's wow. like really oh, weird wild. how somehow I managed to find them. So. It's like how people who bleed sync up. It's like people yeah. with MRKH just find yeah, each just other. Really <laughs> just, well, just, uh, but, yeah. And like as far as I know, because MRKH came up in some research I did, because I also have a uterine anomaly. And like, I think it's just a fluke thing that happens as you're developing as a fetus. Is just like these two things are supposed to spur fallopian tubes and then make the uterus and then all connect. And sometimes they just go haywire a rare percent of the time. Yeah. It literally seems random. Yeah. Um, And so, okay, when you, so you have a uterus, Mm -hmm. are you, do you know if you're making endometrial tissue? Like, are you, could you be bleeding if there was an opening? I have had the same question and I was like, where does the blood go? <laughs> like, yeah. Because my St. Louis doctor did tell me that like hormonally, like I produce eggs, my hormones fluctuate. I do like hormonally have a period. And, mm. um, and you know, and they're like, does it, basically they were just like, does it cause you pain? Is something happening? Like, you know, like, um, and I was like, no, I was like, I get like, you know, like um, every month or two, I get like cramps and stuff like, but that's pretty much it. And, um, but I, and not that I would, but sometimes I wish like there was like a signifier like that, like I knew this was happening. Like, cause like, I'm not, uh-huh. you know, I don't have, I am not, I'm not, I can't bleed. So I'm like, no. oh, sometimes I wish yeah. I knew when it was happening. Yeah. What if it was like coming out a different hole like it was coming out your like armpit or something i don't know do you have a hole in your armpit kate (laughs) i don't know i don't know anything i know i wonder apparently yeah i wonder if there is a way for people with mrkh to like track like if there are other indicators yeah that'd be interesting like do you do you feel like your boobs get tender or anything 
Sometimes they do. I haven't, to be honest, I don't really think about it that much. Like sometimes I'll be like, oh, this is an unpleasant feeling I have coming from my lower stomach. And I'm like, I don't know though. So I'm just Could have been something I ate. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay. So when you first got the news about this, and it basically means there's no vaginal canal, so you can't push a baby out. Um, Were you did or and you can't have penetrative penetrative You can't have sex Um, (laughs) with a dick. dick. Well, I Um, have because I did dilate. You dilated, but when you but when you got all this news that like the things that are down there aren't working the way that they should. Like, did you, how did you feel? I told two friends, like the guy I was hooking up with at the time knew and my best friend had known. And, but like, they were like, do you want to talk about it? And I was like, I refuse, you know, I already Mm -hmm. like, you know, I was just like, and also that doctor definitely should have been like with MRKH many you know, specialists recommend counseling and therapy <laughs> because this is a lot to digest. And I was like, and I was just like refusing to process, refusing to even acknowledge it. I was like, I'm, I was like, two people know, um, the one I'm hooking <laughs> up good. with knows, like, I'm fine. I don't have to address it. And then I felt really bad, to be honest, because I definitely exhibited itself. I had anger issues. I was depression. I definitely had suicidal idealizations. Oh, I was going through this whole, like, what does it mean to be a woman thing? Like, yeah. feminine, whatever. And I was just like, and, like, I just, like, refused to, like, talk about it. Now I'm definitely not like that. But definitely in the time, I was like, definitely wish that doctor wouldn't have ghosted me and would have recommended the adequate medical help I would have needed. Yeah. Seriously, we're gonna find this fucking doc. Give us <laughs> their name after this. I yeah. will track this person down. I have reporting skills, um, <laughs> and I, I have Google. So. <laughs> this, make, this makes me like UCLA less. I'm like, eat shit, you and your prestigious <laughs> medical center, you idiots. God, oh, like. Jesus Christ. But, you know, Meg, this I mean, this reminds me this is a much more magnified story of like how many times you interacted with doctors that had no idea you had a uterine anomaly. Yeah. I had so many wands up my badge and never <laughs> once they like your uterus is weird. So good times. <laughs> oh, yo, yo. So really. OK, Um, I have read that people that are born without uteruses, but are ovulating still are still able if they so choose to like, you know, carry a baby through a surrogate, like do IVF. Um, would you be able, do you know, to carry a baby in the uterus and go for a C-section? Is that something if you ever wanted to have kids? No, it would probably be through surrogacy, but that's also, so then like, that's like also a thing, you know, like my abolitionist anti-capitalist self Uh is like, um, when, especially when I had gone to Boston, actually, there was an MRKH conference and there was a bunch of people just sharing their stories. And it was actually really cool um, to like meet all these people. But then I realized um, like one surrogacy is not legal in every state in California or in oh, wow. the in the United States. So like there are some people who are like I had to completely uproot my life because I did want a life with my partner, but like I could not have a surrogate and that would be the only way I'm allowed to have a baby. And then like on top of that, it's so expensive. It's unbelievably expensive. And I'm like, oh, that's a lot of money. (laughs) So (laughs) 
Um, yeah. That's a lot to think about at 18, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's... Because at 18... I haven't met that many 18-year-olds that are like, it's fine. I don't want kids anyway. Like, you're like, I don't know. I'm just starting life. Like, yeah. yeah. That is a lot. A lot, a lot. I'm so sorry you've had to go through this. I'm I'm really sorry that you got let down. And you're you're not alone. Definitely not alone in MRKH, not alone in how the medical system completely takes like screws you over, not alone in like mental health issues, like you know, so, so I sometimes wish I was alone though, because yeah. I wish Yeah. Um I found a website and I don't know if this is like an organization that you are involved with, but it's called Beautiful You MRKH Foundation. Yeah, that was the one I actually went to in oh, Boston. Cool. Yeah, um, I, it, it was fascinating to read through their literature and like they had like kind of worksheets of how to like have conversations with people. And um, yeah, I would love to hear more just about sort of like the support network and stuff. And um, yeah. Yeah, I remember that was, I saw the picture of it like on my Instagram when I had gone to the conference. Those people there were definitely some of the nicest, most caring people I'd ever met in my mm -hmm. life because they were just like, you're coming for such like a vulnerable issue. Like, and people are talking, people were there like, I was there, you know, alone. Like I had talked to some people there, but people were there with their partners, their kids, like, and stuff like that. So it's really crazy to think about. And then also thinking of like the advances in medical technology as well is like, there were some people there who were like, you know, like in their 60s that like 40 years ago when 40, 50 years ago when they would have found out like it was very different. So yeah. it was very cool and interesting to see all of it. And everyone was just so nice and so amazing there. That was, I think, one of the funniest parts actually when I got diagnosed I was becoming more comfortable with talking about it um and I would like explain it to people and I remember there were like some there was literally this one man like I don't even remember who it was but I remember the question because I was so taken aback and they were like well how do you pee and I was like I am so confused at what oh my god he's like did it just bubble up and come You're out like, your mouth what did I say <laughs> what did you hear? <laughs> he literally thought that, like, why the penis? And I both, like, come and, like, pee out of the same hole. So don't you? And I was like, I know you. I'm so worried about how this school system has failed you. Because I think, it was, I think if I'm not wrong, it was my friend's little brother that had just graduated. And I was like, I am. Hey, let's be honest, though. Uh... Out of the three of us. At what age did we know that it was a different hole? I don't know about Rithy. Rithy might have known earlier. I Rithy knew in high school. Educated. I, yeah. I, I don't know if I can remember when. Yeah. Or For where. a while, I was definitely <laughs> unawares. Yeah. I um, think my health teacher basically told us, like, like, you can't have sex and need to pee at the same time or something if you have a penis. Well, I remember what I was thinking back is at least at our school we had an anatomy course and i hmm. clearly remember 
covering the reproductive system and like the like the model that was there it said you know clitoris urethra vaginal canal opening you know so i'm like either you didn't pay attention in class because (laughs) but also like that view where it's just like flat and they're like here's the opening this is the clip it's so confusing but where but okay when i'm in the moment yeah. when I'm really like, when it's 3D. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that actually the first time like I had to dilate and I had to look at my own vagina and like figure it out. Cause it's not like you're dilating next to the doctor. You're just like yeah, assuming yeah. you're doing it. In and the you right said you were angle. watching The Office while you were doing that? <laughs> yeah, I was like I trying this. to just find an episode. Like trying to find something to Which episode? Which episode? Which episode? It would be, I think I was like binging it. So it because it was okay. like, I had to do it every day. I have <laughs> listened to the office ladies podcast while putting an enema up my butt for, <laughs> for a, col- or a colonoscopy procedure. So it's like, you know, I listened the to how, for us. yeah, I listened to how did this get made while getting a biopsy on my cervix. Look like we all turn to the things we know right. that are comfortable. <laughs> We yeah. make episodes called Everything is Fine for these exact moments. We make yeah. episodes that are just like <gasps> you fun. You can listen to it if you dilate like yeah. in you ever the near need... future. Yeah. Oh my just God. have our, our voices in your head. Um, Love it. I What you were talking about a little bit ago about like the sort of internal crisis you had sort of about what it means to be a woman. I'd love to know more about that. And like, I know that you use they, them pronouns. And I wonder if. For, you know, apologies if this is like a not an appropriate question, but like, does does your identity have anything to do with this diagnosis? No, um, it was a more so last year. I think that mm-hmm. you know I was becoming more like of an abolitionist, and I was reading more, and I was reading about like gender and stuff, and it was actually like um, because my parents migrated from India. And so they're migrants. And I was like looking at their uh, like our language. And I realized I was like, oh, our language doesn't even have like gender in it. Like we don't mm-hmm. even say we don't even say really mm-hmm. like she him and I was or like um, she her he him, whatever. We don't really use it. We have more formal and informal. Mm-hmm. But so I was just like thinking about gender and whatnot. So it was more so of that cool. than less related to my MRK age. But yeah. That's so cool. It's so, yeah, that is, it's so fascinating that there are so many cultures in the world for which gender just is presented so differently, even in the way people communicate. Yeah, now that I think about it, it was like a lot less related to my MRKH because I feel like I became more comfortable with that. Probably, honestly, probably because like, once you like dilate, like it's like, it's like, it isn't really anything I need to think about right now because I'm not having kids. I feel like right. once I might, like, I don't really want kids right now. I'm 26, climate change, like, you know, climate anxiety, whatever. Like, I'm like, do I want 2024 is coming up. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. God. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, if I ever think about having kids, that's like something I have to cross. But for right now, I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, I can have sex. It doesn't matter or whatever. And like, once you dilate, like, you're done you don't have to like maintain it or like I have to maintain it so like the pandemic really you know like I was like oh <laughs> what else am I gonna do because <laughs> I was like yeah. and I was like like can't just like 
go out and like you know like have sex with people anymore so like it's more so yeah like that pandemic has definitely thrown a wrench into dating lives all around the world (laughs) i mean and pre and current pandemic dating like do you find is it something that like you mention to someone before you have sex or is it something that like isn't actually necessary to bring up until like this is getting more serious see so that's what i think about i talk about it so widely i'm like you're knowing about it like as soon as possible whatever and then weirdly this happened for the first time i think it was a couple months ago is you know like had gone on a couple dates with someone we were like hooking up for a while and but the first time I remember we hooked up, like they follow me on Instagram and whatever. And I had posted about MRKH, I think like last year, early last year. And I told them, I was like, hey, by the way, or whatever. And um, they were like, oh, I already know. I like read your Instagram post or whatever. And I was like, oh, well, this is actually kind of like a way, not like a way, like I should, you know, like there's still like a part in me that I'm like, why do I feel bad about explaining it to them? Like, you know, like I feel like they're going to hate me for some reason, even though that's dumb. Like, and that's like more so like, like that's never happened to me in my life before ever when I, which are like credit to the people I have dated because they, that's never happened in my life. You have good taste. That's I bet. Yeah. 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 Like the people I've dated, they've never been like, Oh my God. Like, I'm out of here. No, they haven't been like your doctor. And <laughs> Sorry, I'm not over this doctor. Once again, you expect like the amount of people I've dated who I've told about Emma Cage. None of them have ghosted me. Yeah. But my doctor, my doctor like, has. Fucking doctor. This is a plus point, I will say, to Emma Cage. If I'm continuously thinking up with that person and like I know that we both have gotten like STD checks or whatever, you know, like responsible adults, then I'm like, I don't have to use a condom because you cannot, you, there's no physical way you can get me pregnant. And no. so it's actually plus, the one plus point I will say to MRKH. Nice. Yeah. And not having to buy tampons. That, yeah, I never mm-hmm. have to buy, spend money on menstrual products, which I feel so bad for my friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're so it's, expensive. Yeah. They add um, Rivi. Okay, so we have this doctor friend. She's an OBGYN. She's amazing. Um, her name's Kate, Dr. Kate. Uh, it's not me. Uh, I wish it were. But we... <laughs> Surprise! We... Kate's been a doctor this whole time. Whole time. <laughs> um, she takes all the math. I am the doctor. <laughs> yeah, you've never seen me in the same room. Um... Do you have any questions that we can ask on your behalf? Because we often yeah. go to her for like, if we're doing an episode and we're like, er, what's the answer to this? And she's really, and she's helped us in our personal lives too. Um, if you want us to pass on any questions, cause I have questions like, do you know if you're fallopian tubes, what's going on there? And I don't know if they're always affected by, uh, among people who have MRKH. So my fallopian tubes are normal, like luck or not luckily, but um, for me, everything else is normal. Right. So I don't have any questions per se. I do wish there were more specialists like mm-hmm. in the San Joaquin Valley, but mm-hmm. like, Kate, I know you've been to the San Joaquin Valley. There's <laughs> a lot of issues here. So, you know, I really wish that I wouldn't have to drive numerous hours for medical care. 
Um, but I think that's something everyone in the San Joaquin Valley can say. Um, so like speaking of that too, I mean, another question I had, and I don't know if you know this, but from the, 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 the very bare bones research I did is that some people do think that maybe this is caused by environmental factors. And as we know, Kern County has like a super high concentration of oil and gas production, which is how I know Rivi. We, I did a story on oil production in Kern County. Um, so I wonder, and you grew up within half a mile of an oil pump jack. Do you, have you considered that or has anyone mentioned that to you that maybe it's an environmental factor? I've thought about it. I've definitely thought about it. I've scoured the PubMed articles and stuff, but they like, um, I don't think there's been any like direct, like, mm. oh, this is what causes MRKH. Yeah. You know, I, I've definitely thought about it living in mm. Kern County and I'm like, I wonder. <laughs> and, um, I wonder like, if there's I a higher I'm, concentration of like MRKH or or anything like that in your area. Yeah, I have thought about that. Um, and you know, especially finding like someone here, I'm like, oh, weird that you would also be here. So, Rithi, what's next for you in your MRKH journey? Like, is there more, you know, support groups that you're gonna go to or or conferences or yeah, what's what's next? Yeah, I think probably the next like thing is like I should find a doctor in California that specializes in MRKH. Which, I will like, ask for you. I'll ask Dr. Kate. She's in Boston, but maybe she knows someone. Oh my god, that's actually yeah. That was where the last MRKH thing was. So there, I know there's one in like in like San Francisco, but like that's what frustrates me is like I don't want to like especially like when you're dilating, like your doctor will tell you like oh, we want you to come back X, you know, amount of time because, like, the way you're dilating is important, like, the angle of it and whatever. So they Mm want to make sure you're dilating in the right angle and whatever. And I'm like, I don't want to drive, like, five hours or something. Like, Listen, we're all in San Francisco. So if you ever, <gasps> you can crash. We all live in, have a free place. We live in small apartments, but you can always crash. <laughs> that is true. Oh my God, thank you. you can legit do that. Please let us know if you're in. And we'll in watch you dialing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll watch the we'll, office. We'll all watch the office together. Kate. Can you is see it? if this angle is the right angle? <laughs> <laughs> like, Listen. They said 30 degrees. I feel like I'm in a 60 degree. <laughs> Who has a protractor? Let's get it out. <laughs> um, what's advice you have for people with MRKH? Um, definitely find people like who have MRKH. It's I did not realize it was a lot easier to go through until like I found other people who went through it. And surprisingly, as someone who, you know, like who works in comms, loves social media. There is not a lot. I remember when I posted about my MRKH, I'd like used a hashtag and I got like people with MRKH messaging me like and stuff. So, hmm. you know, definitely better to go through um, with other people who have MRKH because no matter, you know, I have plenty of loved ones around me. They're amazing. Um, but it's definitely easier to talk to someone who's gone through it or like understands it. And um, find a good doctor, one that doesn't ghost you. Um, <laughs> and now, as far as we can tell, that's impossible. But yeah, that is a dream for all of us. <laughs> um, okay, so Rithi, usually what we do with folks uh, when they come on our podcast is we do what we call our three crazy questions. Um, all spelled with K's. All spelled with K's. Um, 
but the thing is, it's about people's periods. We ask them like, if their period, you know, could sing a song, what song would your period sing? However, you don't have a period. So I'm wondering what, what weird, um, like thing in your body that we can give these, we can, your a more metaphorical period. Yeah. yeah. Or like, could we give or your, your sex drive vagina or, or your, or... your DIY pussy? Let's yeah, do your right. DIY pussy. Yes. Okay. So I didn't send these to if you ahead of time. <laughs> I didn't send these questions. Yeah. Are you, are you cool? Want to play? Oh you- yeah. I don't care. Mary. Okay. You're the best. You're so Gen Z. Okay. Um, you're just game for anything. Which is a huge compliment. Yeah. I mean, I look at know. Meg. Meg's trying to be Gen Z with her. What do you mean? I just always tie-dyed cool sweatshirt. In a tie-dye. It's just oversized tie dye to your knees. Just, hoodie. Just, just me. <laughs> okay. So um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to organize these. Okay. So we're going to do your DIY pussy. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's very exciting. It's so much fun to even say like, yes. oh, it's, so fun. It's, it feels like an Etsy store and I love it. Uh, <laughs> I want this shirt. Okay. Yeah. We've got to make this happen. If your DIY puss was a reality <laughs> TV star, who would it be? Okay, my friend and I were talking about this yesterday because... Wait, 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 wait. What? <laughs> no, 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 just about reality TV show because they want me to watch the new Drag Race season. Oh. If I had a nickel for every time I was asked this question. <laughs> I had a nickel. And then, like, going back to, like, the prime era of, like, you know, reality TV, I feel like it would be Snooki. I feel like... <gasps> Great answer. Dude, that is a great. It's a I little, oh my TV. God. It's feisty. Yeah. It's yeah. drunk. She was ahead of her time. You yeah. Know? yeah. I am obsessed with that. So your DIY puss just walks down the Jersey Shore with like barefoot. Platform. Yeah, either barefoot or like platform <laughs> sandals that are as bump tall as the bump in her head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no in between. There's either there's either a vagina or there's not a vagina. Love it. <laughs> I love it. I love that answer. Incredible. Okay, next crazy question. Um, what is your DIY pussy wearing? AKA like what fashion trend feels very like on trend? I love to say like, you know, like the hashtag, like that girl, the one who's all put together, wears minimalistic, like tones and stuff, but it's not, it would be Maddie from Euphoria, probably (laughs) like it would definitely be like fun outfit. The fact that it goes to Euphoria, the high school in Euphoria speaks volumes. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely Maddie from Euphoria. Wow. Oh, I'm in love with her. Like, I knew I was queer. Like, you know, maybe Bend It Like Beckham was like the oh. opening. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was everyone's, like, that was, yeah. Yeah. So you liked gateway. the, like, homoerotic undertones of Bend It Like Beckham? She should not have ended up with that coach. It was her and, um, oh my Jared God. Knightley. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Because that kiss was horrific. The kiss <laughs> in the airport was... One of the worst ever, ever. No chemistry. No chemistry. None. Yeah. I agree. They should remake that film and make it, just make it overtly queer instead of like subtext. Yeah. <laughs> I also appreciate that you wish your pussy was like the type of person that gets a manicure, but like doesn't get like nail polish. You know, they just get it buffered. 
That's yeah. like that's like my best friend is legit that person. Um, yeah. I just feel like they have their own life put together, yes. you know. And I'm not gonna lie, I don't. I don't Me either. <laughs> and neither does the puss. um okay final crazy question if your diy pussy had a was it was a painting what would its title be oh my god this is like the hardest one out of all that's a hard one but i should have sent this to you i can feel myself (laughs) (laughs) we're walking in a museum we're we're passing the da vinci's uh you know mona lisa we pass rembrandt's man on a horse wow and then we come upon wow we added this question because meg is smart (laughs) i guess we need a smart question um i would say life in the valley yes (laughs) it's a it's a landscape good yes so many layers that's amazing Uh, oh my god that's really good perfect um Rithi, thank you so much for coming on Vicious Cycle and being yes. so open about something so personal. And you don't know us and you just told us a lot. And we really, really appreciate it because we are so curious about everybody's bodies. And we're so, so grateful to get, have the chance to talk to you. So thank you so much. I think this is going to educate a lot of people. Oh, also, we all need to come up with our acronyms now for what MR. Okay, I didn't follow the rules. I just came up with another name. Okay. And the name is Panana Canal, because there's no canal. (laughs) (laughs) You you said it with such confidence, too. (laughs) Undeserved. Um, Okay. (laughs) Okay, so what I'm trying, what I've been trying to workshop, but it's been a struggle. It's like, uh, MR like more but this is also at the time when I thought there was no uterus so I was like more room more womb room more room in the womb and it was like hyphenated and it was it was getting too complicated couldn't think of anything for K but I was thinking <laughs> H stood for hoo-ha <laughs> but I got so far I how about just... how about my really crazy hoo-ha my really crazy hoo-ha <laughs> Well, that works. Okay. And you say it, you say it like the wild and crazy guys on SNL. Ma, really? Really? Crazy. Okay, Rithi. Well, uh, we hope that you don't regret totally coming. <laughs> <laughs> this was great. This is great. I love this. Oh, good. We awesome. love you so much. Thank you so yes. much. And um, keep in touch. Yes, yeah, please. Oh, Rithy, we love you. We love you. And thank you for being so open with us. Yes. About everything. And there were a lot of questions that came up during that interview. And as promised, we did email our dear friend, Dr. Kate, with some questions. So here are some of them. So we asked Dr. Kate. So basically, my question, I think I maybe posed this during the interview, was like, is there a way for someone to know earlier than not having a period ever that they don't have a uterus like because I had had an anatomy scan of B when she was 20 weeks old and I know that that's when they find out the sex they go oh there's her ovaries so I was like Mm. why can't they find the uterus could they find the uterus 
um, could people know before they're like 19 years old? Yeah. And Dr. Kate said, generally what sonographers look at during an anatomy scan is the external genitalia. Labia and penises look different enough by 18 to 20 weeks. But before that, <laughs> they're hard to distinguish, apparently. So I guess they weren't finding B's ovaries. They were looking at her labs. Mm. Um, they were reading her labia. Hey. Um, so Dr. Kate continues, I've never looked at a fetal uterus or ovaries before, but I don't believe it's part of the scan. So the first time you learn about MRKH is generally when you don't get a period. Mm. So that's that. Fair enough. Um, and then also I had asked, I'll just do number two. Mm. Uh, the, the, uh, question two was, uh, surgeries for MRKH. And basically Dr. Kate said, um, typically it's the, the thing that Ridley does, which is the, um, what's it called? Yeah. Self-dilation. Self-dilation. And that, uh, so that's basically for people that still want to have penetrative sex, but then that uterine transplantation is a very experimental. Yeah. That's what Dr. Kate said. Capital. Very. Very. Um, <clears throat> so another thing that came up really talked about how sometimes they maybe get cramps. And so we wondered like, maybe is there like what happens to folks with MRKH that do have, um, endometrium grow? Yeah. You where know? does the blood exit? Yeah. They have no vaginal vaginal canal. Like where do where it, does go? it go? And so, uh, Dr. Kate said that it's possible to have a uterine remnant, um, and that it can cause like so yeah because some people with MRKH have a little bitty titty bitty y- uterus <laughs> itty bitty titty uti oh. which which really does I think Rithy I think has so yes yeah, yeah yeah it's like they just have like the vagina stopped and the uterus stopped before yeah. they met yeah um yeah and so they said that uh so what Dr Kate said is that half of the time if you're growing endometrium that your body just reabsorbs it. And without a problem. Um, but then the other half of the time, uh, it builds up in the uterine remnant, causing a he- hematometra. 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 <laughs> um, uh, or blood stuck in the uterus. And that can cause pain, which I assume is kind of similar to like endometriosis. endometriosis. Yeah. So like, yeah, you, so it's either, it's either absorbed wow. or it stays there. Yeah. And that sucks. And then you have to get surgery to get that out. Yeah. If it's like a little clot. Itty bitty clotty. So if you have MRK, itty bitty titty, keep, keep an eye on those clot, those, those hematomamitras. Um, we also had the question, is it possible MRK syndrome is caused by environmental factors? Mm. Uh, Medline Plus says, originally researchers suspected that MRKH syndrome was caused by environmental factors during pregnancy, such as medication or maternal illness. Mm. However, subsequent studies have not identified an association with specific maternal drug use, illness, or other factors. Researchers now suggest that in combination, genetic and environmental factors contribute to MRKH. Although the specific factors are often unknown. Mm. So it sounds like some research, but I would gather not enough research. Yes, as always. Yes. I mean, I definitely remember MRKH coming up during my uterine anomaly research. Yeah. As like, these are just Just things that happen. Some of the anomalies that happen when we're growing. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Very interesting. And then, yeah, Dr. Kate, we asked her if she happened to know any doctors in Bakersfield yeah. for poor old Riddy. Trying to do solid for Riddy. And uh, Dr. K confirms that it is indeed a desert. Yeah. So <laughs> Both 
uh, of water and of medical help. <laughs> <laughs> and of culture. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you burnt Bakersfield. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else about that? We love you, you, Dr. Kate. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Kate. <laughs> thank you. Listen, really. vicious cycle promises and we deliver. That's right. When we say we will sometimes answer these questions. We we say we're gonna ask Dr. Kate, and sometimes we do. <laughs> this time we do. <laughs> Yay. Um Y'all, next week we have another fantastic interview for you. We are interviewing formerly the Mormon hippie, now the Confident Hippie. Confident Hippie. On Instagram. Sasha Bito. <laughs> I think we practice it in the episode. Yeah. Um, we made it a bit, as we are known to do. Sasha chatted with us about her experience with the Mormon church, her experience wearing um, Mormon undergarments, and how not fun that is for someone with a vulva. Mm. Um, it's we get into so much. We, we do so much. We can. We had a blast. Yeah, we connect with her over. Um, yeah, just like religious religion. Stuff. Yeah. She's yeah. very. Um, yeah, she's like a hippie. She's like a religious, like reformed religion, religious hippie. I yeah. don't know. She's great. There's we no really, way to describe her. You just have to listen to the episode. Just gotta yeah. listen. We really get to learn a lot about. Um, Mormonism and what it's like as a modern person that's Mormon and some of the challenges that she faced trying to kind of practice her faith but also like be comfortable as a person living in the world. Yes. Yeah. Um, and speaking up to the church to say like, hey, this please fix something this. in this church yeah. is affecting half of its members' bodies. Yeah. Um, catch us on the Instagram. Send us a five-star review. We just love reading them. Yeah. Um, if you want to throw us a couple bucks, check out our Patreon. A couple bones. If you want to look cool in our merch, link in bio for that. <laughs> um, we love y'all. And until next time, keep calm. And bleed, bleed everywhere. <laughs> our theme song was written by meg trowbridge and performed by the go ahead find them at thegoaheadmusic.com and our vicious cycle logo was created by katie newman find her at katie